Welcome to Commerce Conversations by Commerce Ventures, the podcast where we dive deep on fintech and retail tech with industry experts. I'm Claire Jacobs, Head of Content and Community at Commerce. And today we chat with our fellows. Dylan Fitzpatrick was our Spring 2023 fellow and he's finishing up his studies at SDSU. Kendall Camp was our Spring 2022 fellow and is now a Product Marketing Manager at Microsoft, along with myself, the January 2021 fellow. We also bring in our Fellowship Manager and Retail Tech Investor, Rima Ruddy. In this episode, we take a look at undergraduate venture recruiting, its best practices, and common mistakes, along with more common career paths. Listen in. Excited to have you guys on the podcast. I know it's been a little while since we all got to talk to each other as a group, but I'm excited to pull us together, having some different experiences with venture, venture recruiting. Rima is the principal at the firm. Dylan and Kendall, you guys went through the fellowship, and obviously I did as well, and am now at Commerce Ventures in a different capacity. So why don't we kick off a little bit of what your experience was in venture recruiting and how that parlays into either what you're doing now or what you expect to be doing. So I'll throw it over to Dylan to start. My name is Dylan, currently a rising senior at San Diego State University studying finance. Originally worked for a software startup coming out of my university. It was sort of ad tech software as a service company, inevitably failed, but uh, learned a lot there. And then sort of using my finance background and that experience, was lucky enough to work for a small fund out in LA, uh, doing a lot of prop tech investing, and then learned about fintech there. And that led me to uh, find commerce and did a fellowship there. And you know, as I look ahead post-grad, I'll be going into growth equity full-time at a fund called uh, JMI doing B2B software investing. Well, Rima, do you want to take it next? Sure. I have been in venture capital for a few years now, and my path was a little bit roundabout. After undergraduate, I first worked at Goldman Sachs doing equity research, specifically covering the CPG space, consumer packaged goods. After that, I took a little bit of a career pivot and went to work in fashion, specifically at Marc Jacobs and at Ralph Lauren, where I spent a couple of years, both in finance and strategic roles. So still very business oriented, but at corporate fashion organizations. In my role at Ralph Lauren, I spent a lot of time evaluating potential startups that we could partner with to help our business grow. So learned a lot about early stage startups, specifically in retail tech during that experience, and ultimately made the transition to venture capital, leveraging both my experience in investing as well as experience with retail and retail tech startups to start investing in retail tech startups at a traditional venture capital firm here at Commerce Ventures. Very cool. And you're also the manager of the interns at Commerce Ventures, which gives you a pretty interesting perspective on this entire thing, right? Yes, it's so fun being the manager of the fellowship program at Commerce Ventures. I've had the opportunity to work with many of our fellows, both from interviewing probably hundreds of fellows at this point and working with many of our fellows directly as they are participating in the fellowship program. So it's it's been an incredible opportunity. As Kendall often says to me, Remo was the coolest manager I think I will ever have. <laughs> I hope that stays the case. Thanks. I'm flattered. <laughs> Kendall, do you want to wrap us up? Hi, y'all. I'm Kendall. I'm right now a product marketing manager at Microsoft. I graduated from undergrad about a year ago. My kind of pivot into venture is more based off the pandemic, frankly. I had a heavy background in media. And when summer 2020 hit, I just had a ton of time because I was home. And I was like, oh, let me try to experience or try to go into other industries such as technology and venture capital. And I found Dorm Fund. I then like went through that program, then went through HBCVC, which is another program for college students who want to break into venture or at least try to find internships because a lot of times finding adventure internships is super hard and it's based off network or already what you know. 
So through HDCVC, I had a friend named Richard and he put in our Slack channel, like, hey, Commerce Ventures Fellowship. I'm like, oh, that seems super cool. And I see he had a connection to Rima. So I was like, oh, like maybe I could talk about my experience and what I've done and maybe I can get to this firm. And thankfully, I was able to get an, an, a few interviews with the fellowship. And I was, I believe I was our spring 2022 fellow. So that's how I got an adventure and I got to Commerce Ventures. And I think something that you mentioned, Kendall, which is a good segue into the first question here, since we're talking about venture recruiting, but particularly in internships, and I'm sure now that at least at Commerce, the fellowship is getting bigger, everybody is kind of, all of us, at least myself, is getting hit up on LinkedIn, on Twitter about how do I actually do venture recruiting as an undergrad? And the interesting thing, right, when you're, I don't know, 19, 20, 21, you actually haven't been an investment banker or an analyst or a product manager for a long time and you're coming into venture, you're doing a lot more of that on kind of potential. And so Rima, I'm curious on kind of the flip side of interviewing, how are you evaluating potential? And then maybe Dylan, Kendall, and I can kind of speak to how we tried to demonstrate that while we were actually interviewing. Absolutely. So there's a couple of things that I'm specifically looking for as we're recruiting. One is an eagerness to learn. The fellowship program is really about offering access to students who may not otherwise have the opportunity to break into venture capital. And the point is to learn about venture capital and get exposure to the industry as well as build a network in the industry as well. So we're really looking for fellows who come in with an appetite and a hunger and are really excited to leverage the opportunity. And I think one way that you can really sense how excited people are to learn is how proactive they are in their day-to-day lives as it relates to entrepreneurship and venture capital. A few ways that I've seen potential candidates exemplify that is through how they get involved in their organizations on campus or in their local communities, whether it be working with student clubs that are entrepreneurship or venture capital related or reading about startups in their local community and reaching out to those startups also asking them about the types of publications and newsletters that they read and how they hear about startups is one way to tell how involved and interested they are in the startup and and venture capital landscape. I love hearing about fellows who have spent time thinking about a certain category or a certain space. All of our fellows do theme work while they are here and they get really deep into a specific category. So if a fellow has already thought about a specific space and done a lot of research on it in advance, just of their own their own wanting to learn before even coming into the fellowship, that signals to me that they're really interested and really proactive. And just to dive a bit deeper into that, I think a way to take that a step further is to take that interest and make it tangible. And so from a recruiting perspective, you can take, you know, your sort of unique lived experience of a certain problem. Like for example, I'm first-gen American. My dad has worked in construction for 20-plus years. He was originally a contractor. And so growing up, I've heard all the issues with running a contracting business. You're cash-strapped and have negative networking capital. And so there's an opportunity to innovate there and bring new financing products to ensure that these businesses are, are well-capitalized and can grow. Instead of just talking about that in an interview, you can sort of, you know, this is what we did in the fellowship, actually, build out a deck around what uh, is going on in this market? How big is it? What are the current solutions that are serving these problems? Why aren't they doing that in the correct way? And what what are some opportunities for innovation? And it doesn't have to be you know super in depth, but more so a high level, maybe like five pages. And if you were to bring that to an interview, I think that speaks a lot to you're not just interested, but are willing to do the work around that interest. I think on that 
note too, there's more of a personal level to it that I find because I did the fellowship in January of 2021. So the fellowship was still definitely in beta while I was interviewing for it. But I think when you can find the intersection of what is personally motivating to you and in your story, and how can that relate to the actual subject matter category that the firm might be interested in, I think not only is it much easier to weave that thread and tell a compelling story to your interviewers, but it also makes your research process that much more easy because it's like selecting to write an essay based on a prompt or one that you're engineering yourself, I think will make the journey that much easier for you. During Kendall's interview process for the fellowship, we were all very impressed by his ability to proactively launch the podcast that he launched prior to coming to Commerce Ventures. And Commerce Ventures had thought about having a podcast for a very long time. And we were really excited about the potential impact that Kendall could bring to the team with his existing knowledge about launching a podcast. So this very podcast that you're listening to was launched by Kendall during his fellowship. Very true. And I was going to say, I think there's also part of that that feels like it weaves really well into the kind of storytelling that we're talking about. When you have something to actually physically point to, whether that is a deck, whether that's like continual journalism and a podcast, I think it helps you tell the story of this is why I'm interested in X, Y, or Z. But do we feel like there are any other stories or maybe like personal narratives that were really helpful, either that we heard during interviews or maybe while we were interviewing ourselves that were really intentional and motivational? I think sometimes it can be really hard for students, especially Claire, as you mentioned, not having experience in finance or investing, or they just are exposed to venture capital for the first time and they're trying to learn more about it, which is exactly what the fellowship is is meant to provide, but they maybe don't have any experience in this space. So I think there is, are a lot of other ways to show that you're proactive and can start things from the ground up. We've interviewed candidates who've started nonprofits or clubs on their campus that are more focused on social impact or community organization that don't have anything to do with entrepreneurship or startups or venture capital. But it still does show that they are interested in learning, interested in being a leader, interested in starting something from the ground up, which are all very relevant as well. I think that makes a ton of sense. And I want to bring us into more of like the meat of the interviews. I know I definitely have an answer for this that had me stumble really hard when I was interviewing. But to the group, what is the hardest question you fielded during interviews? I think for me, it was about how I evaluated a company. And I just, to be frank, I think in most college settings, you just don't really think about that on a deeper level. I know for me, I did try to like the things that I've learned in previous, you know, externships as far as like evaluating the founder, evaluating the industry, what's the total addressable market. But to me, that's very hard because I'm not going to lie. When you're talking to such senior investors, you feel like they know everything and what you might say is stupid. But the reality is you might as well just be proactive and say what's actually on your mind or what you're maybe what you thought. Be open and just be honest about your thoughts. An adjacent question that I've received to that is what's one of our portfolio companies that you're not a fan of or like wouldn't have invested in. And I think that's a really tough one just because obviously it takes a lot of conviction for a firm to invest into a company. And so you sort of have to speak against that. I think from an interview preparation perspective, it just says that one, you need to know their portfolio very, very well to try to at least understand at a high level what makes a good venture investment. And then three, do a lot of research around like what's going on in the market for those portfolio companies. What I pointed out for this particular company was sort of competition and how, you know, I saw a lot of other companies that were well-funded doing the same things. And what was really interesting in, in that particular market was that 
those solutions were sort of good enough and very sticky. And so it was pretty hard to maybe get those customers to switch out of that. One hint there on that note is that I think I didn't know until like halfway into my college career that I think recruiting kids could benefit from is that oftentimes with your university, you do get access to like a CBI or a Privco or a pitch book. And so when you're actually able to recall statistics or maybe like some more competitive understanding of markets or perhaps particular categories, I think that will help you understand the space or maybe the up and the down of a certain portfolio company a little bit more. That is a very hard question to answer. And what we really like to see is people that do have points of view and aren't afraid to speak up. We debate internally our investments all the time. That's kind of the point of venture capital. We don't always agree on every investment that we make. So having someone come in with a strong point of view and reasons why and the logic behind that and the analysis behind why they believe what they believe is super important to our thought process and our investment process. So having someone that can do that is very valuable. It's one thing to have that logic up here, but to also be able to kind of narrate that I'm going through kind of these frameworks as I'm thinking through something in process, I think is just as critical. And I'll say the one that stumped me when I was interviewing with Vivek Krishnamurthy, now partner, was what is something you believe that nobody else does? And I think I took a few good seconds there, but I think that feels like a a broader point on thinking through like personal convictions, whether that's something that's as trivial as pineapple does belong on pizza, which maybe you shouldn't say, but thinking through like, what are things that I believe about probably venture-backed markets or consumers or technology at large and trends? And what kind of hill am I willing to die on and actually have some sound reasoning on? Come up some harder questions now that we're giving away the tough one. <laughs> okay. We'll start developing. Okay. Okay. Let's move to the next one, which is we're talking mostly about internships now. So for the most recent fellows, which is going to be Dylan and Kendall and myself, I know both of you had some previous venture experiences before commerce. What were some things that you wish you could have learned before the job itself? I don't know if I could have learned this due to my background and what I did, but, and I still have this question now today in my job, like trying to understand business models and how they actually work. And I think too, at least it ties into kind of like how Gen Z thinks about companies. Like something that I've learned going throughout my rotation of program at Microsoft is a lot of people in our generation are very fascinated by consumer companies, which is great and they're very impactful. But there's so many great things happening on the enterprise side. Yeah, I think from from my end, given that commerce is sort of a thematic investor and goes very deep on fintech, insurtech, and retail tech, it wasn't so much about understanding every niche area within those broader themes, but more so how do you think about those from a framework perspective? And I remember in one of my first onboarding meetings with Vivek, he sort of explained like, here's a framework and how you can think about markets and get up to speed on them fast. And it was really, really helpful for down the road when Remo would talk about headless commerce or retail media networks. And I had no clue what that meant, but I could at least have a framework to go research those and get up to speed on them really quickly. And so that framework was what I alluded to a bit earlier, but basically how big is this market? What are the pain points here across the different stakeholders in this market? How are those problems solved today? What's sort of being underserved from a problem perspective and what companies are emerging there? And I think if you can go through that list, quickly, you sort of start to build the muscle of how to think like an investor in you know pretty in-depth niche areas. And I think too, at least 
for me because I started interning what felt like during the period in which like big transitions with COVID and I think just broader awareness around what happens behind the closed doors of venture capital online and amongst students and amongst diverse folks were happening. I wish that I had just been in those spaces and taken advantage of a lot more of the digital opportunities and education that is out there, whether that be just soaking it all up by following founders and VCs and journalists on Twitter and just starting to watch the questions that other people are asking, I think can teach you so much about the questions you yourself might want to ask. So I would just be patient and watchful of the entire body of folks that participate in like the venture-backed ecosystem as soon as possible. There are some funds out there like Bessemer, for example. Their website is just like a gold mine for, they have you know public memos on companies that they previously invested in that have done well. And you could go through what they were thinking at that time. And there are just so many resources that are free online. You know, you could sort of build your own little venture university. And yeah, I mean, I haven't even gone deep enough yet, but, uh, you know, I know Bessemer and, and a few other funds have a lot of great blogs and, and resources that are publicly available on their websites. That's great. And I want to bring it back to Rima for the next question, which is having now managed a handful of different folks of different fellows, both at Commerce and at different roles that you've had, Would you talk to me a little bit about what has set different interns or different junior people apart to you? One is this word that I've used a lot, proactivity. I think especially as it relates to engaging with the firm, we, of course, design the fellowship that includes several parts, curriculum that we teach, the thesis work that the fellow works on independently throughout the fellowship, dialing into entrepreneur phone calls with us, et cetera. However, Fellows that I've seen be the most successful are the ones that understand the strengths of each different member of our team and leverage those strengths and proactively reach out to each member of our team when they're facing something that they have questions about during the course of their fellowship. So for example, as a fellow is working on their theme work and they maybe need help with their presentation, they would specifically ask the member on our team who's great at presentation Or if they know somebody has specific experience and expertise in the subcategory that they're looking at, they may ask that team member for more help and guidance on diving deeper into that sector. Yeah, I think there's something to be said there around like know what your ask is and make it so straightforward that it is so difficult to say no to, even if it's something easy, but being able to be very communicative and share visibly of like, here's what I progressed on this week. This is what I want to do next week. And here are the things that are confusing me or maybe the roadblocks so that people don't have to read your mind in a situation where folks are in fact quite busy, especially at a small firm like ours. Let's move into a little bit more of a philosophical chat, which is something that we alluded to earlier of Venture recruiting in undergrad is kind of unique because there hasn't necessarily been a basis in a prior career, whether that be in financial or in technology kind of specific domains. People rarely start in venture. It's often seen more as a destination career in a lot of ways. So what do we think about the career paths into venture? Reem, I know you mentioned your motion was a little bit more roundabout. Kendall, you're working in tech now and Dylan, you're going to go into growth equity. How have each of you thought about the different experiences that you've had in venture capital and how that ties into what you see in the future. To me, and perhaps maybe why my career has been a little bit roundabout, has been 
a lot about exploration and pursuing what I was really interested in, especially early in my career. My goal was to learn technical skills that I thought would be well-suited for any type of industry or any type of position that I would want to go in later in my career, which is why I took my first role at Goldman Sachs. My first pivot when I was working in fashion, it was really about a passion that I had, not to use the passion for fashion for his, but it was really about a lifelong passion and interest that I had in that sector that I really wanted to pursue. And I was at a point in my career where I felt like it was worth taking a little bit of a lateral move and a sidestep to pursue something that I really was excited about doing. And lastly, coming into venture capital was leveraging the skill sets that I had both from finance and investing, as well as relationships and network and experience with the industry that all kind of came together into venture investing in that category. So ultimately, while I started to have exposure to venture capital pretty early in my career and and knew what it meant and what it was about, I wanted to make sure that I was going to be able to add value to the firm that I joined and be different than the team that was already there and be able to make an impact off the bat. So I want to make sure I had the skill set in relationships to be able to do that. I'll answer this as somebody who's still fairly early in their career and is still trying to figure it out. My philosophy on what I learned in venture is just more making me a better person, a better professional now day to day. Like I don't actually have a set goal of where I want to go on things. But a lot of things I learned in my fellowship I now use today. I remember when I was getting my first apartment, I was looking for renters insurance and I started texting Claire like in effect, like, hey, like what are good you know, products or services I can use. Like, you know, if that is a wizard in insurance tech, it's like, oh, wow, like I have this person in my network who knows a lot. Maybe I can leverage him. Or now as far as like being in Seattle, Washington, this is a very huge place in the technology industry. A lot of things now I see are happening between founders and investor brunches and all these different events. Like I have like tied to, or I can understand. Even working at such a big company like Microsoft, if we have an acquisition, I then start going deeper into what is the founder origin story? What is the business model? What is the culture like? Is their culture going to come in class with ours? Just a lot of different things I kind of now think of day to day. Now I'm here and I'm like, oh, like I'm still figuring out things are normal, but like I don't have it figured out and that's fine. So it's more of a better sense itself. Let me know what you figure it out. Adulting is hard. And on that note, I'm probably the least adult on here. So my perspective here will, will be a little different. I think it was more around deciding where to start my career as I sort of enter the end of college. But for one, I know that I really, really like investing and particularly the aspect of it that's just getting smart on certain markets. So with uh, the CB fellowship, that was you know B2B payments within construction. This summer, I've been spending a lot of time in tax compliance, which sounds boring, but it's actually pretty cool. Lifestyle benefits accounts, which is sort of subset of employee benefits. But I think just diving deep um, and getting super knowledgeable on on niche areas is super exciting and developing a lot of conviction around those and financially supporting founders that are sort of solving problems in alignment with that. And so decided to try to start my career as an investor, but more on the growth stage, I think, to really understand what a company with successful product market fit looks like. And I think growth is a happy balance between working quantitatively with data as you, you know, analyze a company that has millions and millions in revenue, but it's also sourcing heavy to the point where you can build those founder relationships for down the road and understand how to communicate with teams. And so not sure what things will look like uh, in a few years, but uh, that was sort of my, my mindset there. And I've, I've really liked it so far. Yeah. And I think I'll probably take the 
opposite point of that as somebody that went through the fellowship, really enjoyed investing, obviously loved the commerce team enough to be lucky to stick around, but actually continuing not necessarily on the investor side, yet still in venture. I think I found similar to Rima a pull of just being in my curiosity in that kind of momentum. And for me, that was much more around building things as much as you can as a non-technical person in a venture firm. But there was not necessarily operations or process around what does founder community content and actual strategy and brand building post-check value add look like at commerce ventures. And for me, that became a really interesting brain exercise of, okay, how do we continue adding value to founders beyond just the check that we write and beyond that one-to-one relationship that our investors are so good at? as we get older and more mature as a firm. And so that became a challenge that I felt like was really, really interesting to tackle and led me to now do what I'm doing today. Rima, on the interviewer side, are there any major common errors you see during interviews or even for myself and Dylan and Kendall, were there any major errors that you made that you're like, oh, dang, that you realized at the end of an interview or at the end of a process? All three of you are perfect. So we saw no errors in anything that you said or did. Some common errors that we see during the interview process. One is just being far too vague. So for example, candidates will say, I'm really interested in fintech, which our firm does fintech. If you read the first page of our website, you probably know that we do fintech. But saying that you're interested in fintech without giving any details about what subcategories in fintech, why you're interested in fintech, how you learned about fintech, any startups or companies in fintech, it just doesn't really make me believe uh, what the candidate is saying. The second would be being too scripted and really writing out all of your answers so much that it feels like you're reading from a screen and it really makes it hard to connect with the interviewer. And then lastly, similarly, is making it all about work. We are really looking to add someone to our team that is also a really good culture fit for us. And we have a really fun dynamic collegial team and we want someone that's going to be a good fit for that. So we love it when people have hobbies and personality and are excited to connect with us about things outside of startups and venture capital as well. I think bringing companies to the table is really, really interesting and probably the most value I think you can do in an interview. And so it also really depends on the the sort of firm and how it's built out. Like commerce has a pretty great like inbound engine. So like you're not going to be necessarily like sourcing a ton or that's at least what I've learned. But that's not to say that sourcing and hustling to find and meet companies isn't appreciated within venture. As a young person, I think that's what you can really bring to the table. And so I think in interviews, I haven't gone that far, although I I wish I would have in hindsight. And so I think uh, being able to talk to like within fintech, there's this and going all the way down the totem pole to here's a company that I found and I think you should talk to them. It shows that you've like really encapsulated the, the whole job of, of being in venture. I think at least for us, flexing won't get you very far. I think we're much more concerned around genuine excitement as opposed to like maybe the name brands that you've worked with or the people that you know, especially at a a program designated for access and representation. So I think showing that like authenticity, it comes across. So I think being able to really speak your story in an eloquent and truthful manner, that's persuasive, will get you really, really far. All right. Well, with our last few minutes here, 
let's maybe do a round of any parting words or advice to students recruiting right now. It's the end of August, so I'm sure folks are thinking about the upcoming school year and semesters. I can kick off, which is I think your prep work will really show in these interviews. So whether that be something as basic as looking through the content that you can find that's owned by the firm that you're recruiting for. So blogs, podcasts, the website, if there are investor bios, read the fun fact line and try to gently and authentically maybe engineer a comment that is connecting about that. If it exists, don't lie about it. But do the research, do the homework, especially on the portfolio companies, be able to speak to what interests you genuinely. And if there are things that you are confused about and you have questions, ask them. But just make sure that you do a little bit of that excavation earlier, and I think it will go far for you. Those are the, I would say, the most basic and like highest return investigation and time that you can spend prepping particularly for a firm. Yeah. That was one thing I did. I reached out to past fellows and tried to get their opinion on how I was thinking of things. Because to be frank, like when I did that, those conversations with past fellows, it made me more confident in my abilities to, to actually go out and do this. And also as well, I guess, to like the personal aspect, I'm the type where I research everything. So I would look at people's podcasts, go on Twitter, even their Instagram, like you can sometimes find what these people do or, or what they're into. Like, I think that's a great thing. It might be a little bit weird to bring up an interview, but it actually says like, oh, you actually need to research and kind of what, what you've done. Like, for instance, like I know Rima is like super into fashion and she's just a dope person. So it's like, hey, like maybe we should talk about Ralph Lauren or Gucci or like any brand that's like streetwear brand that might be cool. Another investor on the team might not be as privy to talk about them. That's fine. So I would just always say like, do your research. I mean, your genuine curiosity from what you've done in the past. I think you guys covered it super well. But the, the last thing I would say is don't overlook cold emailing. I think a thoughtful cold email goes a very long way, but keyword is thoughtful. If you could see Rima's inbox, you you probably uh, wouldn't want to email. So I, I think the point is there that you know the investors are super, super busy and they always have a ton going on and are communicating with a lot of different people. But uh, writing a thoughtful cold email, whether that be to reach out and learn more or to follow up, I think can can go a really long way because people live in their inboxes at the end of the day. That's super true. Something that is personalized, don't try and not use ChatGPT to send cold emails to every investor in the Bay Area, but something that's personalized and really will strike a chord with the investor is a good way to get a response on a cold email. I think that about wraps us up. Then we'll call it a day. But thank you guys so much for making time to talk and to come and have a, a little fellow CV reunion. I really appreciate it. That's all for this episode of Commerce Conversations. If you want to keep up to date with cutting edge themes and opinions in the commerce universe, you can follow us on Twitter at CommerceVC, find more of our content on Medium at the same handle, and subscribe to our newsletter on our website, commerce.vc. Thanks for listening.